You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Can We Talk? This is your boy, Eric. We're here with the usual suspects, Anthony, Shana, and Nicole. We have two special guests with us today. We're going to interview a little bit later. We have Laura and Don. How y'all doing today? Good. Yo, what's good? So since we already took the birthday shots, let's go ahead, <laughs> let's go ahead and move past that one. It's Randy's birthday. It's Randy's birthday for those who don't know. We had a little engineer. bit we had some technical difficulties a little bit earlier, so we took shots. We celebrated his birthday. He gave his his birthday speech. Um, so we're going to move past that. You may be able to see it on Facebook Live if you are, are looking. Um, so Anthony, explain. We were talking about things that happened this week. Go ahead and re-explain what happened. I mean, the, moment, the moment's gone. But, I mean, the laughs this time are going to be insincere. But, Sorry about that. No, it's all good. Sorry, Rand, no, I was I was at the Turkey Grill. I ain't been there in a while, and I saw you know a bootleg man um, allegedly who was really selling the hell out of his movie, saying you know this one's nominated for eight Oscars. This one has eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Man. You know, I got the proof right here on my phone. And I don't know. I just I just felt a little nostalgic, and I wanted to allegedly slide him five dollars. Really, I miss that man. It's something about having a bootleg man come to the barber barber shop, or you know, meet you out on the, on the sidewalk. They still do. It's just you know, there's not as many. As right. Time. I got to tell y'all. So this week I saw a movie. I don't want to give it too much away. And I know Anthony, he's the movie man here. Right. But Blind Spotting. Oh my God, y'all got to go see it. Blind Spotting is basically about two guys who live in in Oakland. Uh, one's black, one's white, and. Uh, one one person he's in, he's on parole right now, so he's trying to trying his best not to get in trouble, not to get caught locked locked up again. Um, and just going through like the everyday struggles of him trying to survive through the streets and you know dealing with some situations. So definitely go see that. Yeah, you know, uh, follow me on Instagram at Reluctant Movie Buff. I'm gonna post a review about this. But the other friend who is white, you know, he's trying his best to deal with the gentrifying Oakland, yeah. and he's trying his best to stay real and you know stay tough and everything. But he's getting his other friend in trouble. So, like, when they're out on jobs and he's the one wilding out, they yeah. always say it's the black guy with the braids that's wilding out right. and not the actual, you know, white guy. So it's funny how that relationship works and how it builds to this, like, cathartic, powerful climax. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's very good. It touches on many things. Yeah. Police brutality, gentrification, mm-hmm. identity. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a wonderful film. Dramedy. Yeah, definitely go see it. Anybody else? Nicole, what you, what you do? I know you did some stuff this week. I watched Orange is the New Black. Oh, you know, I saw the first two episodes. I don't know if I like it that much. I actually really enjoy this season now. I wasn't enjoying the last two seasons, but they're picking up and they're kind of going <laughs> on a more backgrounds of each individual character where you're starting to understand more where they're coming from and they're bringing in more family members too. Nice. So I, I've enjoyed it. I watched four episodes, I think, last night while I laid in bed and ate mac and cheese. <laughs> and Wait, now we're here. not in jail the whole time? I'm sorry? Is the like are they not in jail the whole time? They're they are. in maximum uh they're in max prison right now. Okay, yeah. wait, okay. Yeah. Yeah, some crazy stuff went down for those who didn't see. Yeah. Shayna, what about you? Um, my daughter's swim team, they had a team outing at a water park and Franken moved. So okay. yeah, I'm tired of kids. <laughs> <laughs> Do not her coach see was like, Oh man, you getting in the water? Like, yeah, he's like, Oh yeah, do you swim? I'm like, No. And he kept trying to like Talk to me about the importance of knowing how to swim. I'm like, I know that already. <laughs> <laughs> right. Teach the kids. I, I was like, hey, my mom was calling me. But she wasn't. She wasn't even there. <laughs> <laughs> I can swim. I just can't float. 
like where people just be chilling. Like, yeah, I can't. Water. I can't either. Like, I, can't. I can float, but I can't I do the swim. Opposite. There we go. Right. Yeah. It was just funny, like, because they're all like they're mostly like competitive swimmers. So it's just like funny seeing them like show off their skills in like three feet of water. <laughs> right. I would have drowned in three feet of water. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Don and Laura, um, before we get into our interview part, uh, what, what did y'all do this weekend or this past week? Give us a little update on y'all lives. Well, speaking of Netflix, <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw How It Ends. At, um, oh, how yeah, Forrest that? Whitaker? Yeah. I don't know how I felt about it. I okay. mean, of course, Forrest Whitaker is amazing. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. Something about Netflix movies, you never know what what the hell is happening. But they kind of try too hard sometimes. <laughs> they like, do. Like yeah. Some of them hit the mark. Some of them don't. Sometimes they go in. Sometimes yeah. they go Hey, the some of them are yeah. hard, though. I but, love the documentaries. They got the best documentaries. For real. But what what did you think about it? I don't know. I I mean, it always seems wrapped around some apocalyptic catastrophe, but you don't know what's happening. (laughs) It's like, why did this start? What what happened? It's It's a mystery. Sometimes you don't got to know. You just need to be scared. (laughs) Right, right. It it, it, it did like, what? Like, it it literally ended with a question mark. Like, what what just happened? That's because they can only spend so much money, so they can't get deep into the backstory, you know. But of course, Forrest Whitaker was amazing, as usual. I want to watch that. I want to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I got to check that out. I still got to check out Seven Seconds. I heard that's good. It's really good, Um, man. Uh, What's her name? Regina... I keep getting them mixed King up. Regina Hall. King Regina, Regina King, because I was going to say Regina Hall. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Regina Hall does her thing. Yeah, yeah. I love her in The thing. Leftovers. Wait, right, yeah, mm. For real. So, y'all, I want to get into these interviews. So, I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory into Don and Laura. Um, so, Don is the creative director of his brand called Foyer. Correct? Four. Close enough. Foyer. Foyer. I always tell people it's like saying black and French. Noir. You Noir. You F at the beginning. So, Foyer. And, and Laura is the founder of Chiliac. Creatives. Killian. Killian. Kill okay, I'm, I'm screwing so up the names. Word, I apologize. Oh, no, you're straight. Uh, good, that right. word is Greek. It's Greek oh. for a uh, new age. Uh, oh. Like, so when I created the name, I was thinking of like a new age, new like millennial concept for creativity. Yeah. So. I like that. I she like fancy. that. <laughs> I try. And so both of them are co-creators of a project, an annual project called Black ID, uh, which is an identity arts exp- exhibition. Um, so thank you all for being here. We appreciate you all for taking the time out of your day and spending your Sunday with us. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Get some drinks, drinks with us. <laughs> yeah, we like to treat our guests good, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I want to start off. Um, can each of you talk about your individual organizations and companies and then sort mm-hmm. of how you came together to create the Black ID? Yeah, for sure. Starting with Laura. Anyway. Let's go. All right. So how do we begin? Uh, so... I was the visual artist fellow at the Car Center um, about two years ago or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> aside from that, I just like to go to uh, like various art events across the city. So she it was be in the streets. So I, I was just happened across to go to Stay Lace events because I heard that, um, you know, they have like really awesome art shows mm-hmm. and, you know, they have live events. And it just so happens that it's ran by Don here, um, Stay Laced, a.k.a. Stay Laced. Um, and so it was my job to collaborate, think of some new exhibitions for the Car Center Gallery. And so I approached him after he did this amazing event called Wake Up Detroit. And mm-hmm. it was kind of after the uh, Alton Sterling yeah. and Fidel Castile yeah. uh, shooting. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do this event that kind of uh, engaged the Detroit community on how we all needed to react to that, mm-hmm. you know, as a whole. 
And he did all these events, as I mentioned, and I wanted him to have something bigger in a bigger space. So I don't know if you all were familiar with the large car center, Mm -hmm. you know, they used to be on Grand River. It was huge. And I just Mm -hmm. felt like he needed to be in a space that was just like elaborate. So Mm -hmm. then we got in touch, showed him the space, put our heads together, and Black ID was born. That's awesome. And then Laura um, also pretty much manages the Fine Arts Breakfast Club, Detroit's Fine Arts Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. Y'all meet every Monday at uh, Noni Shower Grill. Explain Mm -hmm. explain a little bit about that. Sure. So um, it's a very informal meetup gathering of just like artists, Mm -hmm. art collectors, curators, gallery owners Mm -hmm. from all across the metro Detroit area. And we meet up at Coney Island and we eat. Like we smash, but they low key. Like, <laughs> need to plug. stop by. Yeah, they low key the it's, plug for the art scene. Like yeah. if you wow. like from collectors to gallery owners to artists, like it's like mm-hmm. we have people from the DIA yeah. come. The director okay. himself wow. came. His his wife comes. Uh, like normally. Um, and yeah, we just talk art. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we sell art. Mm-hmm. We talk about events that artists can be a part of. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a good platform. place to be. It's definitely so, a good platform. so for yeah. those who aren't artistically inclined, like myself. Could I still? And I, but I, I like art. You know, I, I like to go and see different galleries and stuff. Could I still stop by, or is it for those who are serious about it? Bro, it's sure. Coney. Pull up. Right, it's Coney Island. So, pull up. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Perfect. But um, yeah, like Laura was saying at the time, um, my brand was actually called Stay Laced at that time, mm-hmm. and I was curating uh, small art, hip hop kind of events, showcases, mixers uh, at different venues in Detroit. And like she said, with uh, Wake Up Detroit, I just um. I'm not like a heavy social media guy where I'm there all the time, but I see the big stuff. I follow what I like to follow. And um, like she was saying, after the shooting of like uh, that we were seeing, all the shootings we were seeing, Alden Sterling, Sterling, Philando Castile, all of Mm -hmm. those things, I kept seeing it like over and over, right? Like you couldn't scroll through anything without seeing those videos. And I'm like, bro, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? And like, um, I was like, I don't have a huge platform, but I do have one because I noticed that people just needed to talk for real. Mm-hmm. They want to talk about what was happening. They want to talk about how they felt, possible solutions to what's going on. Like people just needed somewhere to kind of meet. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm really cool with uh, Phil. He owns the uh, Baltimore Gallery. So I literally hit him up that night like, bro, like, I want to do this thing. Can I use the space? Like, what mm-hmm. you think? And he was like, I'm here for it. Let's do wow. it. You know, wow. so like – all love too, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. We donated some bread and some uh, supplies to the gallery and stuff, but that was it. And we had um, we had some politicians, lawyers. We had some speakers there. We had uh, from different organizations in the city. Um, we had just people who wanted to talk. You know, it was a great mix. You know, we had some poets, some artists, all type of people came. Mm. And, it was um, jam packed that night. It like, was it was and it was really diverse to too. You know, which was wow. cool. It was a great mix of people. But then, like Laura said, she um. She was like, yo, you should do this, but, like, way bigger. You should come mm-hmm. see my gallery. I'm like, man, whatever, dog. Like, I ain't never <laughs> – I never heard of it, for real, to be honest, you know, yeah. but I, and I never been, you know. And this, uh, it was a three-floor building, so we went. I'm on the first floor. Like, this is this is cute. You know, we can do yeah. something small here, like a poetry <laughs> night. She's right. like, okay, but how you feel about using the whole joint? Uh, I said, say word. It's a whole. It's, wow. it's more. That's Let's awesome. see what's popping. Then I, after I saw the space, I was in love. I was like, we about to go crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and we spent the next couple months uh, gathering artists, uh, planning it out. Um, how many artists do we have in the first show? It was a lot. It was like over fifty. Over wow. fifty mm-hmm. artists. We had over a hundred pieces of art. Um, mm-hmm. 
all three floors. The second floor was full of experiences, like uh, for music. We had a bar. We had food. Mm-hmm. Um, we had live performances from artists in the city. And we had over 500 people come out to our mm-hmm. first night. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and that kind of birthed us doing this annually, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. type of thing. It was a, a good platform. And the Black ID uh, was a reaction to that as well. It was kind of mm-hmm. like giving artists a platform to explain what the Black identity is to mm-hmm. them, like whether that's through um, – from the feminist standpoint when we have like women artists in the show or whether that's from the millennial standpoint of like just a younger crowd you know it was a great mixture of artwork you know so okay. it was yeah it turned out really dope mm-hmm. yeah. wow. that's awesome mm-hmm. I think we were mentioned in the very first concept of the show because it was entitled Black Identity Redefining the Black Body, as mm-hmm. you were saying. I remember that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was the idea of we wanted to transform the idea of what the black body looks like, where mm-hmm. you were saying like you constantly saw it as a violent, you know, organism, like right. either being shot at or beaten or, you know, traumatized in a sense. So we were trying to give the artist leeway to mm-hmm. give them, tell, to asking them to redefine it. What's your idea of what the black body looks like? Yeah. Okay. And when we curate, it's kind of like we don't want to pick stuff just that we like or that we right. relate to. It's kind of like this is literally a space for the artist to tell their particular mm-hmm. story. So we have such a variety of work in the shows from installation pieces and sculptures to uh, fine oil paintings and things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, when you're curating through a show, we we had a piece in our last show that almost didn't make it in mm-hmm. type of thing. Like yeah. the artists and along with Laura had to like fight to keep it in because the gallery itself was like, mm, I don't know, bro. You know, it was wow. hot controversial. Yeah. Not even really. But to me, it's not controversial. Right. 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 It's like right. politics in it. Like mm-hmm. it was... Um, it was a image that kind of like depicted New Detroit in a way, mm-hmm. kind of, and it like mentioned Quicken Loans. I'll put it oh. that way, and oh, it wasn't okay. even like heavy, like ah, uh, hey, Quicken Loans. Right. It mm-hmm. just mentioned it like Quicken Loans is hiring, and they're like, oh, I don't know, bro, if we can have this in the show. I got a question for that later, but um, I wanted to just touch on like, so when you hear something like art, initially when you come into contact with such a term, you know, it can be kind of intimidating. Because you may not interpret a painting or a piece of work in the quote unquote right way. Because mm-hmm. I know art used to be intimidating to me when I was younger. Like there's a there's a famous photo of a woman that's sitting by the countryside that's like this, you know, the screen. Oh, yeah, yeah this mm-hmm. that's, uh, Van Gogh. I, yeah. I think it is. No, but I can't remember the name of it at the moment, but no, it's not Van Gogh. Right. I think it is. But I, I used to be like, <laughs> you know, somebody used to ask me, hey, what do you think of this? And I was like, oh, you know, I mean, my imagination was based off TV and movies. Oh, she's running from a serial killer. And the person was looking at me like, uh, OK, that's that's a that's a different kind of interpretation. So I got, I got a little intimidated. But as I as I grew up, I, I realized that, you know, your interpretation is your interpretation. Right. You know, no right. one can really tell you you're wrong right. or you're right. Just yeah. because most people think one thing doesn't mean others, you know, um, doesn't doesn't mean that everybody should think that. So what what is one? Yeah, that yeah. one. That one right there. Edward Munch. Yeah. Edward there we go. Show it to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Can you do that? Yeah. So when I looked at that, you know, I thought, okay, running from a serial killer. So what do you think about people being, you know, a little apprehensive about art, being a little, you know, on the fence? Like, I don't know. I'm not really, you know, um, a thought-provoking person like that, or I don't, like, really think that deep. What do you say to them? Oh, that's good. Yo, so Laura's heavy, like, <laughs> art. Like, she does this art. Can I cuss on here? I'm not gonna cuss. You can like, curse. You can oh, curse. Sweet. She does Go this art it. shit, right? Like that's what right. she do. You know what I'm saying? And like right. I'm more of a um, like spectator. Like I enjoy it. I don't mm-hmm. like I do like creative direction, but I don't do like art art, right? So to me, it's more of like 
visual. It's like mm-hmm. I like what looks good. Mm-hmm. And then if it ties to a deeper story I can relate to, I'm like, oh, sweet. That's hype. You know, mm-hmm. type of thing. But I don't personally always look for those things. And I think that art can be something just to be enjoyed. And it can also be something with a message to tie to it. And like you said, with interpretation, I think like just being open to things and like looking at it from fresh eyes, like, oh, this is hype. Yeah. I could rock with this. Or like, I don't understand this at all. But it looks great. But it, I know it right. looks dope. You or know it looks dope. It true. looks stupid to me because I don't like it. That's cool too. You know what I'm saying? But it's like just being open to like someone else's idea. Mm-hmm. This is what I kind of how I see art. Uh-huh. L bookie. Um. So <laughs> <laughs> so what you were saying, I can absolutely understand because I, f- I feel like there is a type of intimidation centered around the art world mm-hmm. and a type of elitism and. It's actually very annoying and <laughs> because, like you were saying, it is open to interpretation for right. every individual. But I feel like a lot of galleries or museums already constitutes or creates this idea of what that specific piece needs to be interpreted mm-hmm. as. Mm-hmm. And especially for people of color, especially for people of color here in the city of Detroit, mm-hmm. who has the museum like the DIA and some who've never actually been there before, they're they're really not going to go in there and actually want to go see because they're already thinking like, oh, well, I'm not even going to understand what they're talking about. Right, right. You know, they already sure. have this idea of what this piece should be. And I should, should just I should just know it should just be innate. Mm-hmm. And me being a creative already, I already initially have my own idea of what I see and I'm going to interpret it as is. And I don't really care if anybody else has a different idea about it. But yeah. I want to, to make people of color, specifically younger kids. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier before we came in the booth how I was teaching during the summer program. Every Friday, Mm -hmm. we would take the kids to the DIA. And I want them to be able to open their minds and understand and see what they're looking at and not get deep. Don't use big dictionary words, but just just say what you see and be okay with it and say, even say, I don't understand. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Or even say, like, why is this flower pot here in the DIA? Like, you know, it's (laughs) like it's okay, you know, to be like, I, I just I don't understand. And me being a person who has studied it to explain mm. and not, you know, be, you know, yeah. conceited about it. Yeah. You know? And also to that point, um, whenever we have Black Idea, we do programming throughout the whole month mm-hmm. um, to keep people engaged with the exhibition. So during our first Black Idea, every weekend, we did it in February. Every weekend we had a different like event in some way. And one of those things was a... Um, Kind of like a kid's day. And we had like mm-hmm. an artist volunteer her time to like just teach, teach kids, spend a day teaching kids like some basic art principles, like mm-hmm. some drawing principles, some painting principles, stuff like that. As we were talking about before we came into like yeah. just giving people that outlet and some like experience and things. It's cool. Yeah. I think the interesting thing, too, is that art sort of encapsulates the human experience. <clears throat> and as humans, we don't all see the world from the same lens. Right. And I think um, and me, I'm not an artist, but I, I, I play trumpet and being a being a musician is sort of very similar. Um, you're expressing yourself sure. in a way that mm-hmm. uh, that's very interpretive, um, depending on this, that person. And so, when you're looking at art, I think it's one of those things where we people seem quick to judge um, a piece based off of their experience and, w- and what they view, as you were saying, as correct or right. Um, but it takes away the value from the individual. It takes away their their voice, uh, which you have to be sort of cognizant about. Um, I do want to get touched into a question about this idea of oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Shane and Nicole, y'all, y'all have any questions or y'all good? I'm going to wait. So, so this, this question is tied into this, this idea. Um, so art is sort of showcase sort of activism in a way, right? There's activism through art. Um, and you're, in, in, I guess, in, in, as artists, 
how do you sort of cultivate that within that sort of activism within what you do? And so how do you how do you push other people to use activism or use art to sort of push the activism as well in the community? I would say for us, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, um, it's being open to different narratives. As you said, like it's a like art kind of portrays the human experience from their perspective. Right. And instead of us being like um, closed off to certain things like, you know, we have. Uh, different artists in the show who are all telling different stories, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of being closed up, like, oh, we only want this in the yeah. show. Like, it's literally in how we curate. Mm-hmm. So we could be closed off to different things. We could not allow art into the show, but we keep it, we have our overarching theme, but then it's like we keep it open to all the aspects, all the intersections that that encompasses. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that sometimes, as you were saying, like art being intimidating, sometimes artists themselves are intimidated to create these things. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because this yeah. it's them, like you say, even with music and stuff like that, it's them putting themselves out there. Yeah. yeah. Inevitably to be judged, you know, type of thing. It's like, what if people don't rock with what I'm saying? What if this comes from it? You know, like an artist has some like ridiculous reactions, you know, mm-hmm. to think people have like tried to destroy things, not in wow. art shows, but you know, people yeah. <laughs> people have tried to destroy artwork and like wow. these, you know, all type of stuff. So it's like I think, like, being open to letting people, like, tell those stories. Like, we don't have to agree with it ourselves as mm-hmm. curators, but we do have a platform for you to tell your story. Yeah. And I think, like, keeping it open like that encourages activism in that mm-hmm. way of, like, oh, yo, like, I'm feeling the way. Right. You know what I'm saying? I have a way to express that now, and I have an outlet to show it to other people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think um, with us personally, our activism, of course, is to make Black ID. Um, cause I can say personally, I'm not that vocal in terms of just expressing my own thoughts and personal opinions. Mm. It's more through my actions. Mm. So I can say through Black ID, that's my own personal activism to speak against whatever social issues I may think of or have. And when we actually accept the artwork, it's an expression of myself or my own thoughts on this mm. particular issue. Um, but what Don was saying before about that this particular artist in this last show who had to fight for his piece, you know, mm. that to me also was me trying to fight for this piece to be a part of my show because this has some, you know, it has a word that I feel like it needs to be expressed and I don't feel as though it needed to be pushed back or pushed mm-hmm. out so it needed to be included so and it's and happening now so it's happening right. right. yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's so crazy too about life. the intimidation of the art scene yeah. and culture too is that it's it like just <clears throat> slip you know just under the rug and it just been kind of like okay and it's like fine. this is right. an you know? art show bro it's about yeah. expression it's yeah. like you are off some like I mean everybody gotta pay bills but it's like you're mm-hmm. willing to like put business over like what you really are founder to start mm-hmm. it for it's like yo like mm-hmm. this is an art gallery there should be art in it Right. right. It should make people feel <laughs> right. like it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's got to be provocative. Yeah, it has provoking. But it's like, yeah. uh, I don't know. We got, you know, we have to please certain people or whatever. Mm. It's like, that's, I understand. It, but it's like, yo, like, that's not the nature of your business and what you started as losing yeah. your way. Right. Cray, cray. And, and um, I do have a question to that. So I, I guess I guess you answered my, my first question I have. So seeing art pieces like the Quicken Loans piece that does, you know, I'm just going to say the, the magic word, that does speak to gentrification <laughs> in Detroit. <laughs> I had to do it. You know, so I'm saying like what's, uh, you know, a, as people who support artists and our artists themselves, what's your opinion to like the two cities of Detroit, like the tale of the two cities mm-hmm. theme that's going on in Detroit? <clears throat> Me personally, mm-hmm. I think that you should – embrace the change and mm-hmm. find your lane. 
type yeah. of thing. Like change is inevitable. If it didn't happen like right now in this era, it would happen ten years from now, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like Detroit has gone through this like cycle. This has happened before, right? The type of thing is gonna happen again. Like it's change is inevitable. It's gonna happen. Change is uncomfortable sometimes, yeah. right? We know you know, coming from Detroit, living here all your life or whatever, you know, you see things, you see the changes and whatnot, and some of them are cool. Like, sweet, I can go to brunch. You know, like, <laughs> right. on Wilbur, I like, love brunch, brunch right? Cool. Like, bottomless mimosas? For I, can, what? I can skateboard. Like, it's, it's a bike lane. It's mad inconvenient for parking, but right. you can bike down the street, down Cass now, whatever. You know, I see, like, I say embrace the change, but find your lane in it. So for us, for me particularly, and with Black Ideas, like, allowing us, for example, to have a Two, three hundred, five hundred attendee art show on the main strip of Woodward downtown. That's crazy, you know. For where are you from? The West Side? East Side? Yeah, West Side. West Side. Anyway, hey, West like, Side is in here. The West Side. You know what I'm saying? Like two kids from the West Side. We got a huge art exhibition on Woodward. It's up for a whole month, you know. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we were featured in Metro Times and mm-hmm. on Black Detroit Magazine, all these different things, you know. And it was like, yo, like that happens because our world is being. It's more attention on it now. People right. are looking for these things now. Detroit has always always had an art scene, always had music, always had creativity here. It's always been this, like, hub of creativity. It's just that now there's more of a light on it. Like, oh, look, look at Detroit. Mm-hmm. They're doing stuff. Right. There's stuff mm-hmm. over there now. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It's not just this violent, crazy place that we always hear about. Right. It still gets gully. Quote, unquote, yeah. oh, broken yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you know, it's still, you know, so I think I don't actually see it as too as separate. I see this as just a part of our city. Mm-hmm. You know, like you you know, you can go to the west side, the east side, and things still get real. You know, you can go to Midtown and have brunch, like we said. You can kick it. Yeah. You know, like there's some changes happening for sure. But I think like taking advantage of those changes and those opportunities is uh like the best thing you can do. Yeah. No, yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, um, I th- I think it's just taking the initiative to want to be the change and make the change in the city. I feel like we are at an opportune moment where it's like the beginning point, like you either take the chance or you just let it pass you by in terms of just being a part of this quote unquote revitalization. And it wasn't intentional when I I wanted to link up with Don and I didn't think it was going to be something as big as this, but I'm so glad that I am. But if I did not take that opportunity or see as it could be something as big as it could be now. It would have just, you know, probably just been, oh, that's nice. You did that one thing that one time and, you know, <laughs> yeah. it just went, right. it went really great. Sure. But now, you know, we're we're seeing the change. We've seen the effect that it has on so many people. Like so many people have walked up to me and said, today was like the worst day ever. And mm-hmm. I came to this opening tonight and it shifted how I just thought of everything about how I thought of the city, how I thought mm-hmm. of the art. Like here, like everything. And that's what I do this for. But, mm. you know, I felt like now we started something. This momentum can't just stop. I feel like it would, it would be, uh, it would be dishonorable for us and as well as artists to just like halt it. So we have to keep it going. It's a part of something that this city now that I think is like put up. I guess we say a foothold in the city mm-hmm. that mm. we can't just, you know, get rid of. So we just got to keep it going. Yeah. Well, why was it the worst day for them? 
Oh, just emotionally. <laughs> just emotionally. Somebody came up to me and they were just saying today was just really bad for me. Like, and I came here today and this just like really brightened up my day. Like, oh, okay. It was just, okay. Yeah. Nothing like that. Yeah. yeah I was like, you know, yeah. I mean, but just random people like came up to me during like the opening night this past June and was just saying like, this was just like the worst. Like, mm-hmm. you guys just really done something so phenomenal that I just can't even imagine that y'all do. And for me, I can't really see that. Because right. we're so behind the scenes running around, we can't right. like yeah. take it all in. But when somebody comes up and say, you know, I, I, I never thought of something like this before. Yeah, their reaction right. to your like, yeah. product is like, right? You know, it's like, oh shit, mm-hmm. people like what I did. It's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like a gold star. Wow. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I feel like this time of Detroit is such an opportune time for millennials, specifically like us. And like Don was saying, we we try to have public programming within the exhibitions that really pulls in the millennial generation to let them know y'all can do this too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really just about collaboration and intentional, you know, programming yeah. to make make a change in your city, just to mm-hmm. be a part of it. Because we are Detroit-born, Detroit natives mm-hmm. who has the right to be a part of whatever is happening in the city. Yeah, so agreed. Speaking of Detroit, I wanted to ask you about your brand, Farrar. Yeah. Um, you said it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing. Um, uh, explain uh, how you came up with that name. Oh, for sure. Um, so, uh, as you mentioned, Farrar is uh, a brand. I have uh, two partners, uh, Clue and Jimmy Goldfingers, the photographer. Shout out to them. Yeah, my homies. <laughs> uh, but Farrar is a, it's a streetwear lifestyle brand, so we create streetwear apparel and we do creative direction. Uh, for other brands, we uh, focus pretty much on niche marketing. Uh, so brands that have like a specific um, audience type of thing. So like a coffee shop that only wants to cater to like millennials or, yeah. you know, a sneaker boutiques, things like that, kind of like the smaller businesses. Um, the name Fuar is actually a combination of two words, uh, fond and noir, which roughly translates to black bottom, mm-hmm. which is a. a Obviously, like a historic Detroit neighborhood mm-hmm. that was uh, destroyed for the construction of, I think, 75 freeway. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse okay. me. But it was um, it was a black neighborhood, but it was also like a cultural hub as well for music and entertainment at the time uh, for our city. And um, when I was we were kind of our my partner, Clue and I, we were already like doing like things separately that were like similar like he was doing this like sneaker art show. I was having my stay laced events that I was that Laura mentioned earlier. And we met at uh, Nojo Kicks, a Mm -hmm. sneaker boutique downtown. We was both working there. And it was like, oh, you do cool stuff. I do cool stuff, too. And then... (laughs) Let's be friends. Yeah. And then we we linked up. Are we best friends? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What? Is this happening? So we... uh, Yeah, we linked up. We worked on some... uh, We worked on a couple projects together while we were there. And then um, we ended up... We worked at, like, two jobs together and just got really cool. And then after that, we um, actually, like, designed a sneaker. And I was, like, at my desk at one of my jobs, like, working on it when I was supposed to be, like, on the phone talking to, like, clients or whatever. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> and he just would come to my desk because he didn't want to be working either and be like, what are you doing? You know, like, what's this type of thing? And I'm like, oh, bro, yeah. Like, designed it. I designed it for, like, this competition that I did not win. And he's like, yo, even if you don't win, we should make it. We should do this. Mm-hmm. Right? And that kind of transformed into us, like, building a brand as that being like our end game type of thing. So like starting with our blog. So we like touch on um, just different things in the city, uh, events in the city. So we kind of like, uh, it's like a Detroit blog for like just lifestyle. <laughs> then uh, we started creating apparel. 
because um, we've always been fans of sneakers and streetwear. We both collect. We both big sneakerheads, collect shoes or whatnot. Um, and that uh, what we were doing, we actually were able to do a project with Nike not too long ago where we did a collection of two sneakers that kind of like um, were themed around the city from our like aspect or like, you know, viewpoint or whatnot. And like that did really well. Like we like sold a bunch of shoes. We did really good. We had a lot of people come out for it. And from that, we decided we wanted to do a uh, creative direction as a service for other people because a lot of people were enjoying like our aesthetic our approach mm-hmm. uh type of thing and like really helping other brands like focus on their narrative and getting that out became like part of our passion as well you know mm-hmm. kind of like with black id giving people like an opportunity to like push themselves so yeah that's kind of like what fuar is and like how that came to be all right, and, and you you had this opening in No Joe Kicks, right? <laughs> uh, for yeah, for our, uh, our Nike collection, it was called Detroit Is. We had a uh, we had the launch at No Joe, yeah, yeah, yeah. No Joe Kicks. I always joke that I'm I'm, I'm too broke to buy anything in there, <laughs> but I love to look at the, all the shoes they got. It's, it's just like, like it's museum. like a wonderland. Yeah, it's yeah. it's awesome, bro. Yeah, it was uh it was it was awesome. We did a uh, we did some merchandise to like accent the sneaker <laughs> release. We unveiled the sneakers there, so they were like covered in like black. Uh, covers or whatever and then we like unveiled them at a certain point so they're made to order the shoes were made to order like you had to like buy it then it was made type of thing but uh detroit is was uh kind of like when we talk about gentrification and things in the city the idea was for the collection to kind of um be a voice for detroiters so detroit is it's like a uh, it's an unfinished sentence so it's like detroit is with like a blank space Mm -hmm. and the idea is that you we as Detroiters kind of fill in what that space is. So like we had a big uh, sign with a bunch of blank spaces. It was a hundred spaces. All of them ended up being filled. And it said uh, Detroit is with a blank space and they could write like their name in it. Like Detroit is the people I'm Detroit or whatever. Or you could say Detroit is great. Detroit is dope or Detroit is shitty. And I don't want to stay here. You know, you could write whatever you felt about the city, you know, in those spaces. And it was like engaging people like really like, like and enjoyed that, you know. What's your answer to that? Detroit is what? I wrote dope. Yeah. Okay. I wrote dope. That was my answer. But like we talked about earlier, I see a lot of opportunity here that has not always been here type of thing. You know, I graduated high school in like oh nine and everybody was like, I'm going to school somewhere the fuck else. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. And when I graduate high college, I'm not going back home. It was like everybody wanted to leave, which is like cool. If you have opportunities you want to go, I'm not saying like, oh don't abandon our city, but mm. You know, do what's best for you for sure. But nobody wanted to stay here, you know, and it's like now people are moving here. People are living here. There's a lot more opportunity here now um, for creatives, for tech industry, for business, you know. And so that's where I wrote Detroit is dope, because I think like, yo, like if you really about whatever you want to do right now, there's an opportunity for you to do it. There's a space for you to do it. It's it's awesome. So what do you think? Detroit is what? What did I write that night? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Said. It depends on how many drinks you had. You might have been like, <laughs> Detroit is tired. I mean, like, right. Detroit, Detroit is tipsy right now. <laughs> hey. hey. Uh, I mean, it's so many things. Um, Detroit is. Hmm. Penetra- <laughs> um, it's remarkable. I mean, it, it withstands. The test of times. It's just, mm. it's, it endures. I think maybe I wrote endures, but it, it's it's gone through a lot. It's still standing, and people now I think see the beauty that is within it, mm. and those who see it 
take are taking advantage of it. And like I mentioned before, you just got to get in there, like, yeah. or you're right. just gonna lose your spot. I so can definitely agree. I mean, I grew up. <laughs> being raised taught that Detroit's dangerous do not go there like mm-hmm. especially towards my teenage years when all my friends wanted to go and it was made a very big deal and I wasn't going to be safe if I was going by myself but recently the last five years I finally branched out and started going on my own it got mm-hmm. to a point where I was going every weekend mm-hmm. and nothing had just made me like that city will bring tears to my eyes I love mm. walking around it I love seeing everything I love seeing the culture I love seeing all the opportunities that are there now and I'm almost bummed out that I didn't get to experience like the growth. Yeah, right. Part right. Of it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. Well, you can experience the, it now. I right. know. I got. It's, <laughs> it's going crazy right now. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah. The construction downtown alone is so like the Shinola Hotel is going up. The Hudson Building is going up. It's going to be the tallest building in Detroit. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy. Yeah, but there's bitch. so many beautiful parts uh, yeah. aside from Midtown slash Downtown. Right. I mean. Like, we all grew up in the West Side area, so we all know, like, Livermore's Avenue of Fashion. Northland Skating Rink. You, you know, <laughs> I, I was just there for their, like, I think they had something, like, Memorial Day weekend. They had this huge roller rink day or whatever, and, mm-hmm. like, hundreds of people, like, bombarded that whole space, North and they were just roller skating. Bro. It was just yeah. so cool. Like, it's just so many parts of the city that nobody gets to see because they have been told, don't go to that area. Mm-hmm. Don't right, go to this park. Right. You know, they, they don't sure. want... To see, they don't want to show the parts of the city that are maybe up and coming, but are still beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't have the shiny logos or exteriors or sponsors mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's still other parts of the city still exist that have people in there that experience good times. Yep. So true. Yeah. So I got a question for y'all. When y'all were growing up, when was that? When did that light bulb switch? And you're like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is, I'm into art. Like, this is. Your watershed moment. The watershed moment. I still don't know what I want to do. You know what you <laughs> want to do? Yeah, so I've, um, I've like, so my brand, like I said, is focused on creating uh, streetwear apparel and doing creative direction. And literally, when I was in middle school, I, um, like most kids, like, I'm not going to give you, like, the broke black kid story. But, like, most kids, I couldn't, like, my parents couldn't just give me, like, all the stuff I wanted or whatever. Right. So I couldn't get Jordans and stuff like that then. So, like, my mom would give me, like, she would try so hard to get me in Payless shoes. And I was like, do you know what's going to happen to me when right. I go to school? Right. You said right. episode of Atlanta. You know what I'm episode so, of Atlanta, yeah. Either way, but, uh, so, like, I was, I had, like, a pair of feelers and I used to, like, just swap the laces. So make it seem like I had, like, a variety of colors and flavors mm-hmm. and whatnot. I definitely did not. So I had like those and like a pair of K-Swiss. But either yeah. way, it was like uh, um, we had like a, what's the, one of those mock elections where you can do like the um, most forward. fashionable yeah. or something like yeah. that, like most whatever. And like I got nominated, so I was hyped. Like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, niggas notice. <laughs> but um, I didn't win. I lost to some dude who were like wore a tall tee. <laughs> and I mean that was the thing back in the day. I was I was hot, you know, but either way I was so right. mad. But either way, I've always been like really passionate about um just like fashion and clothes and whatnot, you know. But I didn't we talked about exposure earlier. I didn't know that it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh so like I originally went to school for uh engineering. Okay. And um I was doing mechanical engineering. I um I was killing it because I was good at math and science. So like Dean's list shorty, I'm out here doing my thing <laughs> and whatnot. And but I always had to side like passion, like I always like was designing clothes that I couldn't make or like drawing on stuff or whatever. Like, and I was like, I didn't know that that was a thing yet, like fashion design or graphic design, none of that. So eventually, I slowly um, 
found out what graphic design was. And I was mm. like, this is a thing? Like, people do this? Like, they pay you to, like, mm. design stuff? And then, like, I uh, tried. I switched my major to it and whatnot, and I was I paid for some, like, art classes out of pocket. Uh, I went to Western for a little while, so I was uh, up in Kalamazoo. I took some art classes at the Kalamazoo Institute of Art out there okay. uh, so I could learn basic drawing skills. And um, I downloaded Illegally Photoshop. Allegedly. And, uh, allegedly. 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 Oh, yeah, no, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> I found it on the internet. No, we pay for it. <laughs> right. I got a subscription now, Adobe. I got a subscription right. now. I have, so he's a paying yeah, customer. Cause I, yeah, because I need Illustrator, too, and I couldn't find that one. So, <laughs> but either way, you know, so like I just got it cracking and I started um, designing my first merchandise under Stay Laced. And uh, at the time I was doing things to match sneakers. That was like my whole thing. Like everything yeah. needed to match a sneaker release. And when I was making gear or whatever, uh, I got a really good response. Like it started selling out. So I started traveling to uh, sneaker conventions and stuff. Uh-huh. And like I would have like a line for my shirts or like people in other cities was wearing them and buying them. I went to SneakerCon, uh, which is a huge sneaker convention, like in Chicago and New York. And people responded really well to it. So when that happened, I was like, yo, I'm doing the right thing. Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, people are responding well to what I'm doing. I'm loving what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I need to find out how to do it more. Uh-huh. Okay. <clears throat> I have not leveled up. To that, yeah, like Sierra, but I'm gonna get there one day. Um, okay, so from the beginning, <laughs> take us back to childhood. Right. Um, I mean, I always wanted to be an artist like my mom. Uh, uh-huh. She she was she's an amazing graphic designer. Um, she studied at Wayne State. She worked for the medical school, and she would make these very intricate drawings. And of course, I wanted to be like my mama. So um, I wanted uh-huh. to be an artist. I wanted to be that since I was a little kid. Uh, I actually did not study that. I think I mentioned like at CAS because we had yep. the Different curriculums. Tracks. And I studied environmental science. Like, why? <laughs> I had an awesome science teacher, so she made me want to like science. But I was just like, I don't need to be in this. And I studied under Singor Reed. Um, who's also an amazing Detroit oh, artist. Yeah. I used to skip his class so yeah. much. <laughs> and, Technician uh, talk. Right. <laughs> and uh, he, he did an art history class. And I'm just like, this is what I need to be doing. Why am I not doing this? And right. so I decided at Grand Valley State University that I'll be studying art history and anthropology. So I, that's what I got my BA in. And ever since I graduated, um, yeah. it's just been that ever since. It's mainly been art administration. Um and of course, curatorial, like I mentioned with Kilia Creatives, which mm-hmm. I started about two years ago. It's been about consultation, art mm-hmm. management, working with artists, uh, doing exhibitions, arts events, you know, event planning, things like that. But now recently, I just got accepted into Cranbrook Academy of Art. So I'll oh, be wow, studying uh, photography. Congrats. Hey. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I always knew that I was a creative at heart. Mm-hmm. And I think, all those things intersect. So I'm not just into art visually, yeah. but literal, like uh, literal arts, um, music, you know, dance, all those things that I, ha- I have studied before. Yeah. I've just put most of my time into the visual arts. And so, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's just something about being a creative that you can't just do one thing. You have to experience it all. And I think I'm still at that point in my life. I'm very young. I can still do it all. I can still experience as much as I possibly can. True. And I don't want to limit myself. And I don't want other creatives to think that they have to limit themselves either to just study one part of the creative mm-hmm. spectrum. Because there's so many things that you can experience. 100. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
All right. Well, I hate to interrupt, but I have to leave because I have to go to work. <laughs> she has to go to work. She has to go to <laughs> but work. But I'm really glad I came here and I got to learn a little bit more of what you guys oh, yeah, do. For sure. I think it's for awesome. Sure, I did get a chance to look at the artwork, which oh, I loved. There was a lot of sculptures that I really enjoyed. Nice. But thank you again. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> see you guys later. See you. All right, Nicole. See you, Nicole. She's one of the real right. ones. Right. <laughs> I try to be. So I know you said that, again, you, you're going to leave it open in terms of um, uh, the next path, you know, in the future. But, like, where do you want to be? Like, what is that? Like, once when, when it's all said and done, like, where, what do you want people to know you as? This guy? Both of you. What I want? Uh, my long-term goal is to actually open a, a studio store. And in that space, I plan to sell my merchandise. I plan to work on our uh, creative direction services and actually use it as a hub as well for uh, different creative events in the city. Mm. So to me, that'll be a space for like me to welcome and help other people with a vision or an idea, but also a space and an outlet for me to produce and sell my product as well. Mm. So to me, I'm, I want people like I don't really like necessarily care about being like famous, mm. but I do want to be like known or respected in my field type of thing. You know, mm. like I do like I think we all kind of enjoy like being known, like people like saying like, oh, it's it good. Doesn't. How's it popping? You know, like that acknowledgement is cool. Right. So I think like to me, like but my success isn't like based on that. It's mm. more so being like, yo, like I saw that you made this and that shit was crazy and mm. I liked it. Wow. That feeling of people like buying into your product or your service like feels really good. And I think that that's something I kind of like fell in love with, you know, like mm-hmm. seeing people wear something I made or seeing people like enjoy an event that we hosted or curated. It's like, mm-hmm. yo, like that's dope. You know, that right. was worth all the meetings and the money that we spent and True. all the bullshit we had to go through. Like you telling me that made it <laughs> worth it. You know what I'm saying? Type yeah. of thing. So like I really enjoy that engagement. And to me, like that's what. That's one of the things that defines success for me. It's like being in the space to like continuously make people feel that way mm-hmm. and enjoy the things that I produce. Nice. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> I mean, I it, it's know. just it's just so many. Um, <laughs> as I mentioned before, y- you want to do it all and experience it all. And I just want to be able to express myself through um, whatever I create or do to live a comfortable life, as in to travel mm-hmm. or to... Mm-hmm you know, talk to hundreds of people at a lecture hall or something like that. Like, I want to be able to, you know, do my artwork, um, teach children, uh, talk to the youth, do things like this. And But it's all funded through whatever I create and, you know, give to the people, you know. So I can't say specifically because I just want to do it all, you know. You want to be an art savage. You just want to be savage. There we go. Yeah. Savage at every At everything, yeah. you know. And I – and. I've come to that realization and I want other people to feel comfortable thinking, you know, at this point in my life, I'm not sure what it is specifically that I want to do, but I know I want to do all these things and see how I can get there. And I want to be that, you know, person to help them get there as well. Cause you know, we all experiment and still trying to figure out what we want to do, but right. Laura is a savage. She just is modest. <laughs> no, it's, modest I, it's this quote this that savage. I saw on the internet. It's like this brand I follow from Chicago, uh, Joe Fresh Goods. And he said, uh, don't let the internet rush your art, mm. right? And I think yeah. that applies to like just life, Every, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like you get right. to a certain point in life, and you're like, I'm supposed to have this by now, or I'm supposed yeah. to have that by now, yeah. and you forget what like actual your personal success means to you, type of thing. So like, 
if you are a creative, if you're making stuff, if you just like going to work and you have a family, like whatever you're doing, like mm-hmm. I think sometimes we forget that we're already doing like the shit that we want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like Success. as awesome as Laura is, she's like like she said, she's about to go to Cranbrook. She does photography, <laughs> right. she does right. art, she curates. And she like low key about to get into DJing, I think. Yeah. Oh, for real? Oh, so we, we can hire you for parties? it already. Like, you it's know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's sometimes I don't think it's always like a solid, like, in thing, like, boom, yeah. boom, I'm here. It's like, yo, you doing it right now. You're right. done. Yeah. Thank you. Success man. doesn't have a required age. I think that's something that's true. you need to remember. Like, you don't have to be successful in your late 20s. It doesn't have a required age. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you're working towards it in some kind of form or fashion. Absolutely. Like yeah. I, I love media. I love film. I want to write for TV eventually. But this podcast we have here, I feel like this is something that's gearing towards what I want to do because it's right. media. You right. know what I mean? 100. I think, yeah. like, the best example of that ever is 2 Chains. Mm, 2 right. Chains is, like, 87 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you right. Great-grandpa. He's he been in the game for a minute, though. You know what I'm saying? Right. He rebranded himself and all of that. But low-key, like, is hot in the streets. Like, he's always, like, pretty relevant. Music wise, you know what I'm saying? Instagram page is pretty good. He has shows on Noisy, I think. Like, uh, Noisy or Vice, one of them. It's on on, uh, Versace collab. Like, bros out here. You know what I'm saying? That type of thing. So it's like, just like, I think like focusing on like what gets you inspired and less Mm -hmm. on the end. Like, you should for sure have goals, for sure have like somewhere you want to be. But like, focusing on like what got you into whatever the fuck you do. Mm -hmm. Right. Is the biggest part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. we always kind of chase that success because we got bills to pay and stuff yeah. to exactly. do, whatever. Yeah. But, but it's like, yo, like, if you stick to your passion, like, yo, like, this is what I like to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that happiness is like, it's you can't attach a value to it for real. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, you're doing what you love. You sure. feel me? So, yeah. But, but like you said, Don, I think sometimes we got to step back and appreciate what we've done so far, right? A lot of times we don't. We're, we're rushing to get to that next point. But if you don't appreciate where you are, um, you tend to get lost in the, in the shuffle, right? So I think it's always, no matter what you create, what you do, just be like, I did that, right? I, I put that out there. Yeah. Um, but don't yeah, get complacent, Lord. though. Yeah. <laughs> don't get complacent. I, and that, I have trouble with that as well because, like, I'm the type of person where, like, I'll be in the middle of, like, Black ID and it's, like, a hundred people in here. And I'm like, this is hype, but what I'm going to do next? Yeah. Right, you know, yeah. like I, it's like this anxiety, like to keep doing things. Like mm-hmm. as a creative, you always are kind of looking toward the next mm-hmm. thing. As a business owner, entrepreneur, yep. yeah, and that that drives you. And I always describe that as like that is the literal feeling of ambition. Yeah. Like that's what ambition feels like. It's like yo, like this is hype, but it, what am I doing next? What mm-hmm. am I working on next? What's going on? Type of thing. And it's like right. it can get tiring, but I think like embracing those moments, yeah. you know, type of thing. Like and during the first Black ID, like. One of the artists was like, he just came and grabbed me. He was like, you need to just chill. <laughs> and he was like, look at what y'all did. You know what I'm saying? Like, take yeah. a step back and just look at what y'all did. But mind like, you, it's important. only really us two doing wow. it. So Ain't no, really. It's, it's, it's us. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so for us to, we're in it because <clears throat> it's just us in it. <laughs> so right, right. we have to be attentive. We have to be like, okay, so what's happening? What's happening over there? The lights? Oh, the sound? Okay. Everything's yeah. going to crap. Okay, hold up. Let me get down. Pull up real quick. Like, <laughs> we, we can't. doing all things. Yeah, we're doing everything. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I can from, completely agree with that anxiety. Yeah. It's like we, we can't appreciate what's happening mm-hmm. until, like I mentioned, somebody coming up to us and saying, you know, Thank you so much for doing this for us, mm. like us as a people, because mm-hmm. we never get to see something like this. And that's when we get to like stand and be like, OK, now I've I see been what thinking we're doing. about that more, too. As in, um, 
it's like this concept I've been thinking of of like when do creators get to consume? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like when you yeah. like uh, are like a creator in any way, like visual, whatever. It's kind of like you're so busy doing your thing that you can't always like support or go to other stuff that you want to do. Or if you got mm-hmm. friends, you can't enjoy certain things. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's like a really interesting concept to me. Like I think about y'all follow like Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. I don't follow her. Really. Right. Well, either way, like, <laughs> she's like, obviously, like, a, a huge star. He's a huge basketball player. And it's mm-hmm. like, he, she probably want to be at every game, but she busy because she's doing her stuff. Mm-hmm. He probably want to go to, like, every time she's shooting or, like, see every right. movie, but he got a hoop. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. Type of thing. It's like, when do they get to consume, yeah. you know, these things as well? It's like, a, it's just an interesting concept to me. So, uh, all right, so put that, uh, yeah, put that on the shirt for real. Right, so we got about like like five minutes left. I want to try to give out your plugs, your personal plugs, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, so the uh, people who's listening can you know follow you and stuff. Ladies first. Sure. Uh, so Instagram at Lord D Gibson, mm, okay. personal uh, uh, business at Killiad Creatives, C H I L I A D Creatives, and uh, yeah, Facebook Lord D Gibson, uh, Twitter Killiad Creatives. Boom. Okay. Yeah, bro, I be in the streets, so I got all type of names. <laughs> AKA, uh, AKA. No, Escobar. No, that's, uh, you can, uh, um, I'm mostly an IG person. I really don't like Facebook that much. Uh, but I have one for, for business elderly. things. But you can, you can follow me on Instagram at uh, staylaced underscore Don. Uh, the business page is fuar.life, so F-O-I-R dot life. Um, and on that page, we you can uh, keep up with all of our projects, um, everything that we're working on, everything that we're doing, our blog and stuff right now. Actually, like literally like right now, uh, my partner is uh, at Brunch with Love Brunch Detroit, another blog that we're working with right yeah. now okay. or something. So wow. two places at once, you know, staying busy, doing the thing. But, yeah, definitely check us out. Yeah. Wow. Shana, Eric, Nicole, and I, we always try to like – Tie our unifying themes to the city of Detroit. We don't always get a chance to, but I think with y'all, y'all, y'all help us uh, pay that debt, you know, um, and then some with this episode. You know, Eric, Shana, y'all got anything? I just think that it's like totally refreshing to see um, individuals in and of Detroit speak so highly of Detroit. Mm, right. I agree. I love the city. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think that um, y'all keep doing what y'all doing. I think it's it's needed. You know, we have a a lot of people, especially young kids out there who are trying to find a direction, it may not be um, the traditional route. They may be the creative type, um, but they need to be able to cultivate that somehow in some way. And I think what y'all are doing are exposing the kids, exposing people in the, in the city and the community to a new form of expression um, that they may not be aware of. And so, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. I want to see y'all blowing up, man. I want to <laughs> check. I want to check on on on. Uh, the news and y'all y'all making millions. Hey. Oh, hell yeah, After two hype. years uh-huh. at Grand Book, we'll <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you for having us. All right. It's been a great episode of uh, you know, Can We Talk? <laughs>